4: Phil Mackey
2: When will I know when I'm a man? Your mom and I will tell you Judd Zogad. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, sir.
4: Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN Alright God, we have another statement from the White House here but First, let's read a couple emails just, just to get back into this conversation And you know what? What the hell? 651-646-8255 If people want to call in when we talk about this Eagles versus Donald Trump thing Your opinions are welcome Dan emails the show, stop with your political views. Your Trump bashing gets old. Everyone listening knows your dislike for the current president. Here's what's really hard. Sports and the president are standing at the same intersection right now. The Super Bowl champion, Eagles, are standing at the same intersection as the president of the United States. And they're lobbing verbal and and press release grenades at each other. Okay. So we sit here, and we try to have fun for four hours for the most part. We entertain, we have opinions on things. It is 100% impossible when you have the Super Bowl champion team and a story that's sweeping the country right now across news outlets, across sports platforms. It's impossible to ignore the intersection. You have to, you have to deal with the intersection. And, and we're fine with it. Like I think we kind of enjoy these intersection, intersections sometimes. But people, it's like it's this black and white people confuse politics with logic or politics with humanity or politics for just having discussions about life and society and the way that things intersect sometimes. And that's kind of what bothers me. If you get into a discussion, it's. Even if maybe there's some disagreements on the way that our country should operate going forward, it's never, let's dive deeper into those disagreements and have an actual meaningful discussion. No, 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 no fly zone.
3: I know it's best.
4: Here's a new statement as of, I think this just came out, I'm seeing this from CNN, as of three minutes ago from the White House. So if you're you're just jumping into this story, um, well, actually, they lay it out here in the press release. Okay. After extensive discussions with the Eagles organization, which began in February, this is from the White House, by the way, Mm -hmm. the team accepted an invitation from the president to attend a June 5th celebration of their victory in Super Bowl 52 at the White House. On Thursday, May 31st, the team notified the White House of 81 individuals, including players, coaches and management and support personnel who would attend the event. But on Friday, oh, and on Friday, the Secret Service cleared them for participation These 81 individuals, along with more than a 1,000 Eagles fans, were scheduled to attend the event. Late Friday, citing the fact that many players would not be in attendance, the team contacted the White House again and attempted to reschedule the event. The president, however, had already announced that he would be traveling overseas on the dates the Eagles proposed. The White House, despite sensing a lack of good faith, nonetheless attempted to work with the Eagles over the weekend to change the event format that could accommodate a smaller group of players. Unfortunately... The Eagles offered to send only a tiny handful of representatives while making clear that the great majority of players would not attend the event despite planning to be in DC today. In other words, the vast majority of the Eagles team decided to abandon their fans. Upon learning (laughs) these facts, my God. Okay, yeah, keep going. Upon learning these facts, the president decided to change the event so that it would be a celebration of the American flag with Eagles fans and performances by the United States Marine Band and the United States Army Chorus. This is a complete mess. It's
3: a complete boondoggle, and you can't win. And that's why my point is I think the commissioners of all of these leagues should get together and say this was never meant to be a political hot potato. This was meant to be fun, a celebration. It's turned into something different. Mm -hmm. That's why I would just say... With the, with the way things currently are, we are all going to say from now on, no thank you. And because Donald Trump doesn't fix the problem. but, but like, your problem but is but nobody
4: not, wants to listen to each other. But
3: they're still not going to. This president's not going to. He's but going just, to. Think so, about what's going to happen. If you
4: go to the president and say, listen, our leagues are no longer. Hear me out to? Do you think that's going
3: to de-escalate things? Hear me out quick. He will completely melt down once on everybody. He well, will completely what do you mean once? melt down. He's been melting down in the NFL no, for no, a year. No, but my, my point is every one of these situations gives him something new as a platform. And his biggest followers all say, yeah, that's great. Stick it to football. Stick it to basketball. If all of these commissioners get together and say, we are no longer going to entertain the, the idea of going, at, going to the White, White House after we win a championship, Donald Trump will get very, very upset and it will give him one opportunity. And from then on, no invitation will be entertained. And, but, but to your point, Phil, there's no fixing this. He's not going to, he's trying to use every one of these situations to his benefit for people to say, you stick it to Roger Goodell or the NBA. So, so there's no conversation here. There's no fixing it. What I think you you have to do if you're a sports league is minimize the damage as best as possible. And I think bailing out at least takes a step towards that.
4: And I disagree. I mean, we're not going to agree on this. I I want to read one more email here and then a a thought. And if people want to chime in, 651-646-8255, 877-615-1500. I don't know if there's a great fix for this. I don't think there is one. I I, I think we're dealing with people and entities that just have no interest in getting it right or having a conversation that... I'm talking about potential damage control here. There's not. uh, Email from another Dan. Mackie, you and all the people who think that kneeling for the national anthem is not disrespectful to this great nation is terrible. You say they've made it clear that this is not about disrespecting the country. This is absolutely a disrespect to all that have died to give you and I the right to freedom. I want you to think about those two sentences and how contradictory they are, by the way. Um, You shouldn't. People died to give us freedom, but you shouldn't use that freedom to be free and do whatever you want. Don't give me all the bandwagon liberalism crap. This is all about money and power. Totally disrespectful. Let's take a step back to thirty thousand feet here, okay? Let's take the word politics out of this. Let's take as much as we can. Let's take race out of this. Let's just let's just let's just use the the four of us here: Intermax, Dave. We we are all a part of this. We're all Americans. Or we're all part of the fifteen hundred ESPN family, okay? Huh? And Judd raises his hand and says maybe even during the National Anthem, just to get our attention. Because, like, the three of us are unaware of something. All of us are Americans or 1,500 ESPNers, right? All of us stake claim to the ground that we walk on. And Judd raises his hand and says, you know what? This whole system, there's a couple flaws here that really aren't working for me, and I've got a lot of other people that agree with me. And I just want to make you aware of this. Because up until this point, it just hasn't been a conversation that I, Judd Zulgad, 1,500 ESPNer, feel has been talked about enough. So I'm going to I'm going to do something that sort of draws attention to myself so that we can start a conversation, all right? It doesn't matter what the issue is. Why are we unable as a country or as in this case, this example, this dumb example, 1500 ESPNers, to say, "You know what? I'm going to listen to Judd. I'm gonna, I'm just going to I'm going to hear Judd out. I'm going to try and get to the why. Why does Judd feel this way?" Mm-hmm. And then have the discussion on that level. And then if we disagree, we disagree. But it's like we just get mad because oh Judge just Judge shouldn't use this time to complain about the ground that he also stakes it's because, to as well. It's
3: because that's what bothers me. Sure, but it's because right now we we live in a time where anger rules. Anger, everyone's mad. Everyone's got an, an opinion, everyone's right, and they're all all mad. This is like we've come to a point now. This is why sports is fun. Because we can sit here and yell about sports, and guess what? Life wise doesn't matter. It's just fun. So we could disagree. We could disagree all day long and we can, we can be, we can be legitimately worked up. And when it's done, it's just Mm. done. Think about now I take that and I think everything now is like that. And that's really dangerous and really scary and really sad. And I don't think there's any way we're going to get past that. And, and what Trump has done is with the anthem issue, he has found something that works for him. So I mean, all, he's, quoted, yeah, he's for, quoted saying that. Right. I
4: got the quote right here. This is, this is what he told Jerry Jones. This is uh, from a deposition, and this is Jerry Jones' account of a conversation from the, the case.
3: Yes, yes, this is
4: a very winning, strong issue for me. Tell everyone that you can't win this one. This one lifts me. It's, it's literally about, I'm, I, I want to score points, so I'm going to keep pushing this, not because I think it's right or because I think it's helping bring people together. It's literally because I want to score points. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, man. I just, it, it's, it sucks that one, one final thing on the Anthem, uh, protest. I see some people are calling in. So six, five, one, six, four, six, eight, two, five, five. At this point, I think we all agree that Colin Kaepernick's entry point was, was very much flawed and tone deaf in a lot of ways. He wanted to have a conversation about police brutality and he wore police pig socks and was it a Fidel Castro yeah. shirt at one point? Yes, it was. It so was he was—he was absolutely clouding his message. Mm-hmm. That was two years ago. If at this point you still think the motive and the intent behind the protests is about disrespecting the military or the flag, you're choosing to be offended, and you're—you're you're, you're essentially choosing to not ask why. What's the real reason? It's out there. It's been written about. It's been talked about. You're making a conscious choice not to ask why. And that bothers me, too. It bothers me that Kaepernick, that was so terrible at at except at putting his message pre- out there, it also bothers me the way that people are refusing to have, to, like to see this the way that it's meant to be But the
3: president seen. has found a way to, to take it and twist it in a way that a lot of people buy in, into. And so now he's got, at, at a time where there are a lot of people that don't like this guy, he has found something that a lot of people believe in. And so he's taken he's taken what Kaepernick did and twisted it in his own way, and people are all or not all a lot of people are saying that's great. You're right. You're right. And that's why now the NFL is at a point where they can't win this battle. They have to minimize the damage. And by giving into him, they're doing themselves no favors because he's going to continue to bully them at every turn possible until they actually stand up to him. The NFL
4: is going to wind up in a two year span. Let's say that let's say the audience is, even though it's not a black and white, like one side or the other issue, there's a lot of gray area here. Let's just say for fun that it is. Let's say they alienated 35% of their audience last year. Well, they're going to wind up alienating 35% of a different audience. This like it's... Non-Trump. They're like just like keep alienating they're,
3: people. They need a great commissioner right now. They don't have it. They need a great commissioner.
4: Yeah. Uh, 651-646-8255. Hey, Mark.
0: Yeah, hey, guys. Um, so here's a thought. Um, I support the players being able to express themselves in any way they want. But why is the game... And it seems like the conversation around Trump, you know, we're saying, hey, Trump's politicizing this. Well, he's a politician. That's what they do. When I go to a game, I just want to watch the game, man. So how about just, you know, let's bring it back even farther and say, I go to a sporting event. I just want to watch the event. And Mm -hmm. let's keep all of it out of it. And let's just go have fun at the game. We can have fun at the White House, too, but let's have fun at the game.
4: Yeah, but but here's the thing. Oh, let me, uh, thank you. Thank you for the the call. And I feel, listen, I feel the same way. I'm a football fan. I just want to watch football. I just want to play fantasy football. But that's not the way that, that's not the way society works. That's not the way historically in this country, we don't just, you know what? Like, it's really inconvenient protesting. Think about this. Okay, let's just go. I'll pick one example out of a million. I just want to ride the damn bus. Okay, I just want to ride the bus and go home. Why does Rosa Parks have to be doing this on the bus? I just want to get home. Like, Protesting is about inconveniencing people so that you can start a conversation he, and have a spotlight on you. That's the whole that's the whole point of The answer of though
3: to to his question is very simple. If if that's the case, anthem is out. Just don't do it. Just but take the, it out. But if you took it out, I know this is a I problem. Know, you, I know. But but if you if just you want say, to go, you know what,
4: this is too much trouble. Like we're just going to not do the national know, anthem anymore. I know are going to alienate
1: so I know many where you're going. People. But I'm
3: saying, but I'm saying, if you come to me and say, Judd, I want to just go to, to the damn football game and watch football. I want to watch kickoff to the time the time runs out. I would say, okay, then let's take it out. No more, no anthem being sung. No players ha- having to decide to stand up or not but you, stand up. But,
4: but why would you? Like I, and I don't even disagree. with but you. But, like, but, you, f- but, you, but you know that
3: that would be putting. I know, up. but but if that. But if David's stance is the stance of I just want to enjoy the game. I don't want players to be able to protest. Then don't give them something to protest. Take it out. Don't don't sing it. But you're not going to be able to. This is
4: the thing. Like this, this all goes back to you can take the national anthem. Out. Okay, then there's going to be another mechanism. First of all, you're never going to take the national anthem no. out of sporting events in this country, you're at least not. right now. Like it's 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 been ingrained for a hundred years going back to the to post-World War One. And it, let's pause this for a second. We're going to replay Jason Stark this hour. He was awesome in the nine o'clock. Uh Jerry, Paul, Don, we'll hear from you. 651-646-8255. <sighs> Let's talk about something we can all agree on, right? Actually, not even this. Luther Brookdale Toyota is the best (laughs) service department and dealership in the Twin Cities. I know that we can't all agree on that, but you can take it from my family and I. We've been going to the same place for 30 plus years. I've been driving since about 2001. And peace of mind is the first thing that, uh, that I think of when I think of the people in the service department. It's just like it's having people... That you can lean on and trust when you have car issues or whether it's time to trade in, get into something new. Um, I just can't, I can't say enough about the peace of mind and the knowledge and the family atmosphere that you get on the corner of 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard. Right now, you can get into brand new 2018 Rav Fours and Highlanders, two of the best SUVs in the country right now. You can get into a brand new Uh, RAV4 for $259 a month on a three-year lease with no money down at signing. That's a pretty awesome deal. Becky and Judd are back. Gentlemen, the moment has finally arrived. On 1500 ESPN.
2: Get your Independence Day off to a running start with the Red, White & Boom TC Half Marathon Relay and 5K on July 4th. Come out to Boom Island Park for this Twin Cities summer tradition. Get your run and first picnic of the holiday under your belt. If you're at the lake or out of town, that's not a problem. You can run the virtual Red, white, and boom, wherever you are at. For more details and to register, visit 1500ASPN.com, keyword events. And this portion of Mackie and Judd is sponsored by Menards.
4: Thank you, Dave.
0: What a trooper. Nice.
4: We'll hear from Jason Stark here. If you missed it in the nine o'clock hour, he was awesome as he usually is. And we'll do that in like 10 minutes or so. But we gotta, uh, we're going to get a bunch of emails. We'll get to some calls here on this Eagles versus the White House issue. Which just keeps escalating. Now there's another statement sent out by the White House, sort of trashing the Eagles. The Eagles, Eagles players. That was one of seven teams where nobody knelt during the anthem last year, too. And they're just in the crosshairs and right the now. E-
3: Eagles issued a statement last night that basically said we're enjoy we're enjoying our championship, and it but it didn't mention not going. Yeah, it, it was sort of odd. It was basically saying we're still here, we're fine. And we're going to completely ignore the news of why we're issuing the statement. Yeah. It was an intriguing statement.
4: Uh, thank you to Drew, who's a Vietnam vet, who emails Mackie and Judd at 1500ESPN.com. He says, I'm 77 years old. I'm a Vietnam vet. I listen to you guys all the time. Uh, this is one of your best segments. You have to put this NFL and Trump mess in uh, in great perspective. Thank you, Drew. I don't even think people keep saying, politics, politics. It's To me, it's logic. It's about logic. It's not about. It's not about... Left and right and black or white, it's about logic it's and it's like we're I don't know I think if if you think that soldiers fought for if you think that soldiers fought in order to make sure that three hundred million Americans always stand at attention, like that they fought to preserve freedom, and part of freedom is being able to essentially do whatever you want within within reason you know without breaking laws. Um, and in some cases to call attention to a cause that you think needs to be changed. There's a lot of countries where you can't even blow a whistle and and raise your hand and say, you know what, I think this part of society or this part of our operation should be looked at and should be changed. There's a lot of countries where if you do that, you get thrown in jail. There is. That's what soldiers fought for, to preserve that freedom.
3: Right now, in this country across the board, there is very little logic being applied on a daily basis. It's that simple. Like you... We're trying to sit here and talk about something and say, okay, let's solve this. Here's the problem. I don't think that the president wants to solve this. It's part of a platform now. If you solve it and it goes away, guess what? Everything else that's being talked about, which you might not like, comes more into play. So, so your contention is let's be logical about this. Let's sit down. Let's talk. Let's work through it. Well, what if the adult in the room doesn't want to work through it? Because well, I, don't, I don't think that the people want to work through it. I think they like this. It, solves, it it. serves a purpose for them.
4: I also understand how hard it is to maintain a level-headed logical perspective when emotions are evoked, right? Sure. 651-646-8255. Hey, Jerry.
5: Good morning, guys. Hey, uh, I think it's common sense, too, but I want to come across uh, at a different angle two analogies. Like, you take uh, golfers, for instance. Now, they're independent contractors, and they could protest. And the reason why they don't, obviously, they're not going to play 20 national anthems uh, every <laughs> tournament. But you never see them protest, even if, uh, like, at a Ryder Cup. Do you know why? Because they even interviewed one guy, and he said, we're a team. I don't like some things that are going on in my country. But the reason why I don't protest at the Ryder Cup or President's come, I'm part of a team. And then it would put all the attention on me. And not, you know, not
6: well, the
4: team. I, I think there's another reason why golfers don't protest. I'll let you think about it. What are well, golfer? What are golfers largely? Well, there's, white white there's, males. There's not a well, lot to There's not a well, whole lot to not, protest, relatively speaking, if you're a white male in the United think, States. Yes. Well,
5: I beg the difference. There's a lot of There's a lot of foreign golfers from a, a lot of countries that aren't white males anymore. And who's the biggest golfer of all?
4: Almost is Tiger Woods. So, and Tiger Woods has chosen to not really step out uh, outside of the did realm the same of thing. golf, and or going to Denny's and finding waitresses. But that's about the extent of Jordan Tiger Woods. Also, did, didn't but, do but
1: much.
5: They're, but they're independent contractors; they could, but they don't because, yeah. but like at the Ryder Cup, because they're part of a team. But the other one is: let's say you work for a company in Minneapolis, and you had a real justified reason for protesting. Just try to protest out in front of your company. They go, "What are you doing? Well, hey, I don't like this and this. Well, you can protest anytime you want, anywhere, but not in front of our company, because like you have company
4: policies, I have company policies. Yeah, no one's disputing that. Don't work here. No one's disputing that. But this is also we're talking about. Like I have, let's say with Hubbard, I have far less leverage than an entire players' union could have if they want. Thank and, and you bring Jerry. Thank you for the call. You bring up a lot of good points. The the NFL players' union is a lot more powerful than me at Hubbard which is a seven market company or Judd Zulgat at Hubbard. Um, and, but you would have to weigh that if you thought that there was, a, if Judd Zulgat thought that there was a cause that was, that, that was worth him going outside or going on the radio and saying, I'm gonna, they're going to have to drag me out of this studio. Right. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to peacefully protest, but they're going to have to drag me out of this studio. Well, then you would have to weigh the consequences. And that would be
3: up to you, but that would be a way to get and attention. And players can get, get fined now, and guess what? Some are going to for sure, and they, and they have to weigh the consequences. Too. And 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 if a if a player who's not that good protests, guess what? He can be cut. For sure. Well, I mean, Colin and Kaepernick if, was deemed if, not good enough at quarterback. If he's a star, right? he's probably not going to be cut. Yeah, I mean, Colin and Kaepernick yeah, exactly. was like Kaep- the
4: twentieth best quarterback in the league, and that was deemed right. to be not worth. So, the, so there are consequences here. Uh, Don, you're on the show.
0: Hey guys. Hey, a couple of couple of things. Um, totally agree with the last caller. Um, for one thing, second, there's a confusion about right to protest in this country. There's not an, there's nobody that has a right to protest while you're at work. You're at work. That's not a time to protest. If I don't think anyone's protest,
4: disagreeing with that, Don. No do one's that disagreeing on with time. no, okay, and that's and that's
0: cool. I just think there is some confusion about the right to do that. The players are saying they have a right to protest. Well, they do, but not when they're at work. But here, and let's they, let's take this
4: back just to a to a logical thirty thousand foot perspective, okay? Okay. We we agree that if you whether you're an NFL player or whether you're you're Don at your office or Judd at Hubbard that there could be a consequence if you use someone else's platform Hubbard or or NFL or Eagles right to sure. to protest you could get fired or you could get fined whatever it is but let's pull it back even further throughout the 300 year history of this country or 250 plus year history of this country if a group of Americans feels like something needs to be changed if that group just constantly bowed down and said, you know what? I know that like there could be consequences for this. I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna peacefully protest. Cause I don't want to, then nothing would ever change. So that's, that's the, that's sort of the tug of war that whether it's NFL players or whatever the cause may be, that's, that's the tug of war you have to wrestle with.
0: I totally get that. At some point you have to do something that shocks people enough to make them pay attention to something. Mm-hmm. And I, and I get that. And I agree with that. Um, one of my other points is that this is, and maybe it's just my opinion, but who the heck cares what a bunch of football players think? Why is it their opinion on politics or anything really matters any more than anybody else? Because they're just people, they're just guys that happen to play a game people love, but that doesn't mean they know any better.
3: Hey, Don, it's, it's, because, it's because this works for Trump. He's found something that works. That's why.
0: Yeah, but they did, this has been going on. I mean, this has been going on for a long time. I mean, this, you know... Players yeah. trying to protest stuff—that's fine. They think they have a right to do it, but they really don't. Well, they have I, I don't disagree with their cause, mm-hmm. not at all. I think that they have a real reason, you know, to to have an issue with things that are going on in this. I think some of them are blown out of proportion. I don't always think they're. We know all the facts about everything that happened, but I think there's a reason for it.
4: Well, Don, thank you for the phone Thanks, call. Don. Two things. Number one, they do have a right to protest. The company or the entity also has a right, as collectively bargained upon. To punish or to uh, or to not sign a player, his question was, "Why should we listen to random NFL player as opposed to anybody else? Why would Why would Chris Long in the NFL or Malcolm Jenkins know any more than Joe Blow over here?" And the answer isn't necessarily that Malcolm Jenkins knows more or is smarter. He just has a much brighter spotlight and larger platform. And and or use Colin Kaepernick as an example. It's not that Colin Kaepernick is necessarily the smartest guy in the room. I think he's a smart guy. I think he's an intelligent guy. He has a larger platform, and he's representing a large group of people that don't have the same megaphone
3: that he has. But until May, this was basically dead. This had died down completely. It helps the The, fact... Define it. The kneeling during the anthem issue was a big deal after Kaepernick, and it remained a big deal when, when Trump basically went after the league early last year. But guess what? There were still some guys that chose to to sit or kneel during the anthem, but the situation, for, for the most part, died down until it got brought back up. See, this is the whole thing. It's good for business, and it's good for, for the administration if this is in the headlines, because there's a lot of people that agree with Trump here. And so, so this is something that by May, if the owners had gone and met in Atlanta and hadn't mentioned this, it never would have been brought back up.
4: Absolutely. But they're afraid, as as long as there are causes to be protested and NFL players, it wouldn't have been brought back up at that
3: time. But what happened? They decided to pass this rule, hoping that that it it would appease the president. It didn't. And now it's right back as a firestorm. We
4: can go a couple more minutes here. Uh, Chris, you're on the show.
6: Yes, sir. Um, I think you guys are missing the point here. Really, I mean, number one, you're saying that we, the, the the soldiers fought for this freedom. You, when you're again dovetailing on what the other two callers said, when you're working for somebody, be tantamount to you guys sympathizing with Hitler while you're on the air. It's not something what? you do, or you know. That, I mean, when you, you want to do it on your own time, that's fine.
4: Wait, what? Are, what? Are, explain your Hitler point, though. That's pretty aggressive, dude.
6: Well, it's kind of not any more off the wall than your Rosa Parks. I mean, for God's sakes, Rosa Parks riding a bus is, has nothing to do with you're working for somebody and you're protesting. I mean, that's just about as far off the wall analogy as you could find. It's not,
4: though. It's about, the, it's about a mechanism sure to get people's right. attention. It's in, it's, the mechanism is inconveniencing people to start a conversation. It's apples that's to apples.
6: from what you, That's not even an to what the situation is here with people doing working a job as a, someone being oppressed. You know he's not being oppressed by any means, not even close. Who's he? Colin Kaepernick. No, Colin Kaepernick. he's rep. You know,
4: Chris, he's representing people who feel that they are
6: right. But Rosa Parks, it, it was oppressed. I mean, you're you're taking the, the analogy was such a far stretch. It doesn't. Even, it was you know you're comparing Mars and Venus for God's sake.
4: I think a lot of people would disagree with you.
6: Well, I, I well getting back to agreeing, you know, that's the other point. You keep hitting on that it works for Trump. It works for Trump. Well, why? I mean, this is the point you don't get. Seventy-one percent, seventy-one percent of America says they don't want them to do it. So that's why it works. I think we, you know, where
4: we all will agree, Chris, is we all just want to watch a football game, and I get that.
6: Thank you. Right, but you said we can't do that today. No, you can't. But but but, but you can. You've been to a baseball game. No one's put sitting for the the national anthem. You've been to the hockey game last night. Nobody. We have two national anthems. Go to a golf. The only sporting event is football. We had one baseball player and. Where is he at? I mean, you can go to a sporting event. It's specific to football.
4: Thank you, Chris. We were up against the clock here. But I would say it it sounds like people are just mad that they're being inconvenienced. And that bothers me. I get that it sucks that you're on 94 and there's a group of black people on the on the freeway. And like you're wondering why it's inconveniencing you. But that's the entire point of a protest. To inconvenience you so that you listen. Um, not that it's, again, this is, we're just going in circles here in yep. some ways. But Colin Kaepernick. Two years ago, did such a bad job of that entry point mm-hmm. for starting a conversation that that you know that eighty to ninety percent of people are interested in hearing. I mean, he just like he was so divisive in his entry point,
3: point. and now but, it's not going to die down. Yeah, oh, Let's it's do gonna
4: one, Bob's going to hold you one more call on this, and we'll get to Jason Stark. Hey, Bob. What's up, Bob?
0: Hey, how are you gentlemen doing today?
4: Great, Good, man. Go ahead.
0: Good. Well, I'm uh, you know I'm a Bud Grant
5: purist. I, I uh, but I also appreciate the fact of a young man trying to start a conversation, albeit awkwardly. You know. Yeah. Uh, but I, I honestly, guys, I think this goes back to the president's demeanor. And if you look in his history, he tried to start a uh, uh, or was in with the USFL, and the NFL owners pretty much bloodied his nose. Yep. And this this whole thing is a chance for him to just kind of stick a fork in and turn
3: it. And and he tried to uh, to buy the uh, bills and they said, you're not going to join our club and guess what? Now he's got his chance. Now he's got his chance to make their their life as miserable as possible and he's doing a damn good job. Yeah. Because they can't win this. Jason Stark next.
4: Sit tight. The Mackie and Judd show will continue in a moment. Yes! On 1500
0: ESPN.
4: Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. You know, it's it's just
2: like his own reality show. Mackey and Judd. I love it. On 1500
4: ESPN. All let right, right, uh, we're up against the clock here. We did a bad job of clock management there, but those were good segments. I fault you for that. It's probably my fault. Jason Stark joined us a couple hours ago for some great discussion about Rosario, some good trivia. We'll get to that right now. Let's start with Eddie Rosario, who... I think we have another uh, another great bad ball hitter on our hands here in Major League Baseball, Jason Stark. He's he's become really fun to watch, not just for Twins fans, but maybe even for just uh, fans around the country.
1: That was amazing. I, you know, I don't know that there maybe has ever been a number, another three home run game like that. First of all, one to left, one to right, one to center, yeah. right? And then the three pitches were crazy. I don't I don't know how a guy hits. Three home runs on those three pitches: one way in, one up and away, one up and in. That's incredible plate coverage. And then, of course, three home runs—the third one a walk-off. That's a pretty special day.
3: And and he swings, and you say, "I don't know if, if that's a great swing." And the ball go- goes <laughs> out. It's pocket-like, Jason. Kirby you know, did that's that. A
1: really good comparison there, Judd. Um, you know, I'm not telling you anything you don't know. Uh, very few. Players in the big leagues chase as many pitches out of the strike zone as he does. I, he's not in Javi Baez territory, but he's you know anybody who swings at forty percent of all pitches outside the strike zone <laughs> had well. better be able to cover a lot of a, a lot of territory. <laughs> and it's amazing that he does. I, I you know I still worry it's not a formula for long-term success. It, You know, if you you swing at basically every pitch thrown, the pitchers are going to figure out a way to exploit that at some point. What's incredible is a guy who's really, you know, he's changed his swing, his – His lift, his launch angle is much more extreme than it used to be. And yet he can still handle
6: those pitches up in the
4: zone. It's hard to Yeah, and and to your point, I'm just pulling up. uh, This is another comparison, although I think we needed about 20 years of Hall of Fame caliber play to really make this. Vlad Vlad Guerrero was one of the great out-of-the-zone hitters, right? And uh, and fan graphs tracked him between 2002 and 2011, which was his last year with the Orioles. And so his out-of-zone swing percentage... By the end of his career, was between forty and forty six percent. But the but the thing is, if your if your comparisons are that fringe level Hall of Fame talent, uh, it is a little bit of a tightrope.
1: Well, it is. I mean, that's really what you've got to be. I, my friend Doug Glanville, uh, when we worked together at ESPN, used be, he, he had a great idea for a Vlad Guerrero commercial. Uh, Vlad on deck, the guy in front of him. <laughs> makes an out or whatever and they announce Vlad's name and he's still in the on deck circle. <laughs> and the umpire says, Come on, it's time to get in the box and Vlad says, No, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. It here.
4: <laughs> have you seen uh you've seen uh, fifty cent the rapper throughout the first pitch at uh, City Field and it was like, you know, fifty yeah. feet to the left. There's a great yeah. gif on that circulated on Twitter when right. Vlad went to the Hall of Famer. Vlad's like in the batter's box and still hits that pitch, or he's in the on deck circle, whatever, hits the pitch that fifty cent through. <laughs> yeah. So would Ed, would Eddie as far at that? Probably. The 50-cent pitch, absolutely. He might have come close for sure, Jason. He would have hit it out for a (laughs) (laughs) walk-off.
3: Yeah, he obviously would have. Aaron Judge, sir. Eight strikeouts in two games Monday. Um, That's a pretty incredible feat right there.
1: Well, we've never seen it. Yep. Nobody's ever struck out eight times in one day. Nobody's ever struck out eight times in a doubleheader. If you're going to make up a list of guys likely to do it. I I guess he'd be the guy. You ever you know you ever look at Aaron Judge's pace notes? Uh, I mean it, he's he's on pace for one of the craziest seasons we've ever seen. Uh, you know 240 strikeouts. That's the pace. 240, 127 walks, 46 homers. Now if I'm adding that correctly. That comes to four hundred and thirteen shifts to the plate, where the ball will never land on the field.
4: Wow! Wow! Four hundred
3: and thirteen.
4: That's and, and we thought Adam Dunn was player. a and we thought Adam Dunn was a true a three true outcome hitter back in the day, right?
3: <laughs> Two hundred forty strikeouts. Wow! He, he, he's
1: the poster boy for baseball twenty eighteen, isn't yeah. he?
4: Yeah. The, the The other thing that happened in I can't remember if it was the first game or the second game, but it's not often that you see revenge on a pitcher that once hit you in the face with a fastball. John Giancarlo Stanton took hit. Mike Fiers' uh, deeps. He also got hit earlier in the game, and then they jotted each other. But uh, I love, I, I, this is impossible. I wish baseball reference went this deep. But when you get hit in the face or the head by a pitcher and then get the ultimate revenge by hitting a ball 450 feet <laughs> so you can stare at him around the bases.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that is not a searchable stat. No. <laughs> but, uh, you, you know, like I've, I've talked to Giancarlo about that moment and uh, you know he's done an amazing job of putting it behind him. But if you watch the video of that trip around the bases, that was not just another home run trot to that guy.
4: No, it was not. And I think Fires did the right thing by just avoiding eye contact the whole time. He probably knew if yeah. I turn around, this is gonna this is gonna escalate. Um, yeah,
1: and Mike Fires is a good dude. He obviously didn't mean to, to do what he did, um, <laughs> but. I think both of them knew exactly what that long ball meant.
4: Yeah, uh, Jason Stark is with us here, Mac- Mackie and Jed, a couple hours earlier than usual here uh, on this on this Tuesday. So I was I was glued. I've been kind of glued to the to the college baseball uh, NCAA tournament because with the, our our Minnesota Gophers have advanced to a super regional for the first time, uh, first time in the 64 team format, and it's the first time they've been this far since Paul Molitor was their centerpiece in the 70s. That's but uh, where are you at on on Major League Baseball draft interest? I think I think your your new network now MLB Network does a great job of milking it for what they can. Even though we're not talking about household names very often, they do a great job with the coverage. Where are you at in terms of interest and where the draft can go?
1: Well, um, I, you know I like it. I I don't actively cover it anymore, but I'm I'm interested enough that you know when we start getting close, I check in with some scouting directors I know and try to get a feel for how the top of the draft is going to go and you know what they think of the players likely to get taken at the top. And I do watch a bit of the first round when I can. Um, I, I would like to see some changes in it uh, to make it more fun and more interesting. It, it's never going to be what the NFL or NBA drafts are. Just There's just not enough connection with these names, but I would love to see the ability to trade picks so that you can make it an immediate impact on your big league team. That would be, that would create great drama. Uh, I think it should be on a night when there are no other games. Now, I think the plan yesterday was actually to have no other East coast games, right? Uh, But the, the the Tigers, Yankees, weather makeup turned out to, to foil that plan. And I would like to figure out. like them to figure out some way that they could get more players to the draft. And the only realistic way to do that, there are two ways. One is to just move it back. I, I think if you could figure this out, it'd be fun to have All-Star Week be just a big festival of baseball that included the draft. Mm-hmm. And it would be a show and there'd be nothing else competing with it. Um, or the other way is... And this has been talked about: have the draft at the site of the College World Series in Omaha, where you'd have yeah. so many of these players who were going to get picked high actually be there. But you know, there are problems with that. It's it's late; so the date's an issue, and some of these college coaches don't want these guys thinking about their draft position like they can. Like they can. Avoid it, right? Yeah, <laughs> but it's a it, that's a, a complication. So there are things you could do with it, but it, there are a lot of obstacles on every, at every turn.
3: How far too has that draft come though? I mean, back in the day, it used to yeah. be it used to be you, you could draft for as many rounds as as you desired, correct? And it basically took place. And I, if I'm not mistaken, when I was a kid, you used to find out about the first draft pick like three days after the draft or something like that.
1: Uh, Yeah, I mean, like when I first started covering baseball, uh, they did not want to reveal who got taken when or where, because they thought it would give an advantage to these college coaches in recruiting. They'd swoop in and recruit them and (laughs) pay more money, and and then they would then they would release the names in alphabetical order. Mm -hmm. They didn't know what round guys were taken in, Mm -hmm. and it was just such a joke within the industry. Any scanning director would tell you exactly who he took when. I don't know what they were trying to accomplish, but thank God we've actually moved past those dark ages, and you can actually watch this thing on TV. Exactly, Jason,
3: if I've got this right, the 82 Twins stunk, right? I want to say the 83 draft. They took Tim Belcher, Odeby McDowell, and Billy Swift, and Calvin didn't sign any of them. So they drafted three pretty good to really good players. They didn't sign any Boy, of them. Tim Belcher, man. Yeah. yeah. They signed those, or, or they drafted all three, and basically they all said, if you're not going to pay me, I'm not coming there, and they didn't.
1: It, this certainly does sound from there. So you think this was 1982?
3: I think it was 83 coming out of a terrible 82 season the first year that the Twins were in the Metrodome.
1: I I mean, you could look this sort of thing up. Now, hold on a second. Let, let,
4: let's check it out. Um, yeah, the twins also they drafted Jason Veritek they in like nineteen ninety. and, and he, he didn't sign. And he played too, for right. the
3: Saints briefly in the independent league. Here, yes, yeah. Uh,
4: but that's the thing. You you would up until they they put the slotting system in in recent years here, you'd get a whole summer of holdout. And sometimes when you get almost a year of holdout, and then three, yep. um, yeah. Even did Mark Appel waited through uh, because he went back to the draft too. So
1: he, he he sat out a year. That didn't work out well. No, uh, it did not. Tim Belcher went one. Bill Swift went, too. I, nobody else that they took that year wound up playing in the big leagues.
3: Okay, yeah. I thought they took McDowell, too. But Not yeah, in the, the
4: June draft, anyway.
3: Yeah, the, the Twins had a long, a, a <laughs> yeah, long, glorious list of guys they drafted <laughs> who didn't sign here. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
4: i uh, well aware of that. But... Jason, this is your theme music right here. If you brought trivia, we're ready.
1: Let's milk the music.
4: Come on. Okay, like here we it. go. Bum, 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 bum. Jason bum, bum, Stark. He's got trivia that we dominate. We think. <laughs> don't
3: get, don't get haughty.
4: No. Hey, we're on a hot it's streak good. here. No, we're like Did the that or, we're no. we're Jose Altuve of trivia right now. Batting average <laughs> through the roof. You're hot, and
1: I like, I think this is pretty gettable. Um, you know, you know that Eddie Rosario, first twin in history to have multiple three homer games. Yeah. Uh, thought you guys might have some fun with this. Uh, there are two active players who have hit three homers in a game at least four times.
4: Whoa!
3: <laughs> Jeez. Thank you. Two, so two active who have hit hom- at least three, three homers, homers four, four times. times?
4: Um, yeah. The first one, Judd, that comes to mind is Albert Pujols because right. he hit, he hits a lot of home runs. I'm not sure if and, you guys. Yeah, yeah. Back in in the day. Yeah, I'll go with that. Yeah, yeah. Albert yeah. Pujols.
1: That- Excellent average, done it four times in the regular season, and had a pretty memorable game nice in the yeah. World
4: Series. Said sure that was fairly memorable. Uh, all right, one more. It's got to be someone. It's not like a Bryce Harper, I, I wouldn't think. Probably somebody with a little more, a little more wear and tear. We,
1: uh, I mean, all I'll say is we've talked about this guy a lot, and we've talked about his amazing ability to hit three homers in a game a lot. Uh, he's pretty. He's pretty new. He's pretty early in his career to have done
4: this. Because well, I was going to say Joey Bats, but he's not pretty early in his
3: career no. anymore. <laughs> no, not, no, I feel no. Like no. Joey Bats has done it just at Target Field four times, not, but not Mike Trout. Though, right? <laughs> I mean, Mike Trout would be I mean, Trout's new, and he's an unbelievable player. But it seems early. All right, Mike Trout. Is it Mike Trout? I don't think it is. It is
4: not Mike. Trout. Uh, no. oh, hold on. Let's think. Give us one more. Uh, right. Just one uh, more exhibition right. guest here.
1: I, I believe three of them are as a leadoff man.
0: Would that help?
4: Mm, 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 mm,
0: mm, man. Lead-off.
4: Lead-off, fairly young. This is a great question, Jason.
0: Not... You're going to kick yourself.
4: Uh, lead-off is the... Is the... Lead-off, man. Would it be... Uh... <laughs> I'm stumped. I'm completely stumped
1: uh he might be the well i guess he wouldn't be the mvp because trout would be but if it weren't for mike trout this guy'd be the mvp of the league right now he is the mookie of the year
4: wow you're at mookie bets oh yeah that's right
1: he's got two this year he had two in 2016
4: yeah. Okay. Every time I time he goes 20 yards,
1: right three in a game. Just because.
4: That's like, yeah. Cause <laughs> Why just, not? Yeah. That's a good. I mean, that was a huge story when he did it for the second time this season already within the first two months. All right, you got us this time, Jason. You got us this. It's about time.
1: about time. Play the
4: music. Come on. Yeah. Play it again. <laughs> we'll play. We'll play him out. He's taking a. <laughs> he's taking a victory
3: lap on us. Died. I he got died. him this time. Yeah. They weren't right. Jason Stark <laughs> won. I, can, I gotta
1: get a little. Like I gotta get one of those game show suits and a little pointer.
4: Well, we just assume you always sit in a game show suit on the phone when you're doing this segment with us.
1: Yeah, right. You know, I, I need like a, a game show dais. <laughs>
3: Thanks, Richard Dawson. Appreciate that.
4: <laughs> yeah, Just don't go in for the awkward I, hug with Judd. I'm going to go tell my wife I want a dais.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you. And she's going to laugh a regrets. lot. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> All right. All
4: right, we'll see you next week, Jason. See ya. Hey, it was fun, guys. Thanks. Uh, Bye. Jason Stark from The Athletic, MLB Network, and Stadium TV. You can find his baseball stories. Yeah. Uh, he does a great job. Mackie and Judd resume things following these messages. I don't want to get
0: any messages.
4: On 1500 ESPN. Dennis. To Mackie,
2: Judd Zogad. Let's make this older, All dumpier, in, right? and whiter. There you <laughs> Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Get Minnesota United match reactions plus MLS news straight from the team. Tonight, Jamie Watson and United players Ethan Finlay and Jerome Matiasen will be at Nomad World Pub in Minneapolis for a live Adrian Heath show broadcast from 6 to 7 presented by Heineken. Come watch the show. Talk some soccer with the guys, win prizes, and more. All the details at 1500 ESPN.com. Keyword events. Again, that's Nomad World Pop Minneapolis tonight. Sixty-seven. Thank you, Dave. I'm just I'm back on
4: Vlad Guerrero's <laughs> inside uh, his, his FanGraphs page. Here is Because That is, uh, you know, Vlad Guerrero is maybe the best bad ball hitter in the history of the game. Just like that guy would take any pitch anywhere. And by the end, when okay, when he was still in his prime with the Expos, and then a couple years with the Angels. He was out of zone swing percentage was like thirty to forty percent. Rosario's around forty percent. Jason Stark said. By the end, Vlad was swinging at a lot more pitches. But uh, the difference is, guys who can swing that often and then still make contact as aggressively as Eddie Rosario and and previously Vlad Guerrero do. Those like are Kirby special did. kind of hitters. Those are the, yeah. Those are the most fun hitters to watch, aren't they?
3: So what? What Twins player uh, during the time that you you were on the beat did you cover? Who had a talent for doing that? Who came the closest? I mean, certainly not great, but who could actually hit bad pitches a lot? I
4: covered the team in 19, in two thousand eleven and twelve.
3: Was that it? It was only two years.
4: No, I cut. Co- well, I covered it in two thousand ten too. I'm just saying. Yeah, like, no, but I'm saying. I'll I'm let you do the math. Who on, who, on came, who could actually hit a baseball on those lines? Was there anybody? Could <laughs> you know? How many JJ games Hardy they lost? hit a bad
3: ball in two thousand. What was it? Ten.
4: No. <laughs> no, I covered a ninety nine lost Twins team. There were no bad ball. There was a lot of guys who swung at pitches out of the zone though. I'll give it that. Yeah, and just didn't connect with it. Yeah, uh, the Puck answer was is the master. Nobody.
3: Here. He was so great at that. Yeah, he Kr- would
4: hit slop. Was Rod Carew a bad ball hitter? or Was he mostly? In I the think zone? he hits
3: a great. He his strike zone. His his plate discipline was so high that I don't think he swung at bad pitches. Yeah, Oliva. I that's before my time that's before bit. that's before my time as well. I think there was probably Oliva. My guess is was had d- a discipline as well, but I know Carew did. Kirby was the guy who, at first, you're like, what's he swinging at? Mm-hmm. And then eventually just kept making contact, and you said, okay, just go do
4: it. Actually, Nishioka was a bad ball swinger. Bad ball swinger. Yeah, bad ball everything. Wasn't a bad ball hitter. Hey, he could smoke. He was a great smoker. He was. He was. He was he the chain smoker field. before the chain smokers became popular. Uh, is Questions ready to come? I know that Questions' voice has been struggling here today. Questions going to be ready.
2: Questions will fight through the uh, grit that I have here in my throat to okay. show some grit of its own. Or yeah. intern Max could come in from the bullpen. That's not going to happen. You
3: never know, intern it's Max. Not it's not happening. Big break. Be- it's
4: huge break. Start getting warmed up in the pen there, Max. Uh, also, we're going to catch up with our at some point here our tortured Capitals fan friend Chris Long. Maybe
3: not tortured any longer.
4: No, oh, and we're going to talk to the uh, the. I guess it's the figure formerly known as Curse of Punto, who covers Twins minor league baseball for us. And Zach Latell is going to make his major league debut today for the Twins in game number two. But Judd has a word for prime mortgage lending first.
3: I, I do indeed. And if you're considering your options when it comes to a mortgage company, I want to suggest my friends at Prime and Kent McCullough. And that's because this is not about uh, simply selling you on something. This is about a company in Prime and with Kent that wants to earn your trust first. In fact, they would rather earn that trust than sell you a loan. And you're saying that sounds fantastic, but what does it mean exactly? And I will tell you, it means, well,
4: this holiday, whether you're making a Fred Meyer simple truth, Turkey for 40 or a Murray's baked brie for two, Fred Meyer has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup. So you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last Fred Meyer, fresh for everyone.
6: Free pickup on orders of $35 or more restrictions may apply.
2: Get more ways to save at the buy five or more, save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Fred Meyer, fresh for everyone.